This is Katie. And this is Travis. And you're listening to Columbus Cares. Um, <laughs> we also have Christina Clark here with us. Thanks for being here. Hey, Hi. Christina. Thank you so much for having me, Travis and Katie. I appreciate it. Of course. We're super excited. Thanks so much for being here. Of course. So uh, we want to get to know a little bit about you first, because that's sometimes easier to talk about than rare diseases. <laughs> Deal. So, uh, so uh, how long have you been in Columbus? I've been in Columbus since 2001. Ooh, what brought you? Where were you before that? I grew up in Westlake, Ohio, near Cleveland, and I moved here to go to OSU. Oh, like and, most people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just ended up meeting, like, I mean, you know, you guys know Columbus is just this incredible community of people, yeah. and once I was here, I didn't want to leave. <laughs> That's how a lot So of I found people. reasons to stay. Good. You yeah. see Westlake is it up by Cleveland? Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And so you did the whole high school everything there and then just came to your college i did yeah public okay. education all the way okay cool mm, yum <laughs> yeah right is west like a nicer anna cleveland or is it a less nicer place is it... it is definitely the suburbs okay cool yeah okay when you're near the lake or we are a bike ride away from lake erie oh my goodness that's mm. awesome what was that like growing up near delightful a lake like yeah <laughs> um huntington park was a place that you would always go with your friends like nights weekends hanging out Okay. So we kind of had, you know, the ability to watch the sunset as kids. That's awesome. That's so cool. Right on. So you came here to Ohio State, and then uh, what was kind of your major? What was your college experience like after high school? I studied strategic communications. Mm. So I find myself in a rare position that I'm using my degree in my (laughs) Oh, congratulations. Weird. (laughs) You made it. Katie and I are not using our degrees. Nope. Yeah. Well, I dropped, so I was going for communications. So I'm kind of using the degree I never bothered to get. Katie's not using your degree. I'm not using my degree. (laughs) You're correct. I wanted to justify that, and it wasn't going to work out. I could could probably create a stretch there if you want. You're helping people communicate their authentic personalities via their... Um, hairstyle. Okay. So I'm going to put that as a business card. Do you want to run this podcast? You might be better than we are. <laughs> uh, no, thank you. you want to consult with us? Uh, always available for that, obviously. Perfect. Yes. Was that something that you just found when you got to Ohio State? And you're like, yes, this is it. And it was good from there? Um, Kind of, yeah. Okay. I mean, I started out actually in the School of Veterinary Medicine, or not Ooh. veterinary medicine, but um, I started out kind of on the track to that okay um but the journalism classes that i was taking were the ones that i wanted to wake up at 8 a.m and go to cool um you know whereas (laughs) organic chemistry i was sort of like oh i might want to sleep through this so at least i was taking cues from like what i was actually interested in and i was enjoying writing and so i kind of just switched majors um, and went down that road and then we did, what, four years there and then graduated in... Five years. Yay! Yay! Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, when you switch kind of late yeah. in the game, yeah, for me, hard. it was 
no need to rush. Like, life is going to be there when mm-hmm. I am out of school, regardless. So I really enjoyed my last year. Actually, I think my favorite classes were in my last year, like some visual design and um, strategic communications where we consulted with a couple of businesses and got to see what it would be like to do crisis communications and all of that stuff. Test the waters. Make sure I want to do this. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then after test the waters, was that it? Was we good? Did yeah. It, that was it. Okay. I ended up working at um, an ad agency that did brand strategy right out of school. And that's pretty much what I've done ever since. Awesome. Um, different locations, but same thing. Okay. Yeah. All here around in Columbus. And yeah. then it's been how long since college? Like how long have you been doing this now? Um, 2006 was my first job. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So we've been in the workforce for, for a little bit. We yeah, kinda... decade. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how does that feel? Um, fantastic. Good. <laughs> it's bizarre to know what you're doing. Um, but I also enjoy putting myself in situations where um, I have no clue what's going on and get to figure it out. Right on. <laughs> like right, like here, like right like now. This. Yeah, like this. <laughs> like this one what right here. Where are we going? We're yeah. on a podcast. This is Columbus Cares. Columbus Cares. Hey, <laughs> welcome to Columbus Cares Podcast. We're back. <laughs> we didn't go anywhere. <laughs> cool, super cool. Yeah. So what were you doing before you got involved with the organization you're involved in now? Like how did that... Yeah, I How'd was, that happen? <laughs> I was working sort of on the um, opposite end of things. So rather than working necessarily with the patient organization, I was working with, you know, an agency that would support a hospital system, that would support a specialty surgical mm-hmm. center. Um, and in doing that, I get to, you know, be a vehicle for telling patient stories and improving their experience And it kind of led me to have a desire, or I guess it spurred a desire for me to do that actually on the other side um, and work more closely with the people that um, were being impacted by these services. And then did you have a lot of interest in um, medical problems that people were going through to begin with, or is that something you kind of stumbled into? Well, I think I was always a science nerd. Okay. <laughs> um, I started out wanting to pursue veterinary medicine because I loved science. Yeah. Um, and so I think that for me, it was sort of like a golden ticket opportunity. Oh, I get to learn more about science and how this is impacting people's health and how, you know, medical research can have people, um, you know, living a better quality of life than before. And also use the communications tools that I had. So it was sort of like all in one. <laughs> That's awesome. And it was here in Columbus. Like, I couldn't believe it. Um, I couldn't you didn't believe... have to move. Or... I didn't have to move. I really, truly thought I was going to be moving to do what it was that I really wanted to do. Wow. And here it is. Just like fell in your lap. Yeah. Columbus is that cool. <laughs> so we, we like bragging. Yeah. We like bragging a little bit about Columbus. We love it here. So, yeah. But like, I, I too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I grew up in the suburbs. So I, I just, this has just been home and I hated it for a long time left. And I was like, no, that's actually pretty great. So I came back. Yeah. So I always like hearing from people that didn't grow up here in Columbus, like that ended up mm-hmm. staying for decades, even after uh, college or anything like that. Yeah. Like, what do you like about Columbus? What's kind of the thing that's kept you here more than anything? Oh my gosh. Um, I think my second year here, I met people that are still 
my closest friends, mm-hmm. cool. and we spend holidays together, we make dinner together, we, I mean, they're like a family that was here, um, and we are all from different places, and we all do different things for a living, and it was just, um, I don't know, something that it, I didn't seem to have, um, or wasn't looking for, I guess, before. So yeah. I'm sure it's possible everywhere. No, um, I just no. happened to Man, find only it. Only in Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we have a unique um, sort of uh, melting pot of different cultures, and we're incredibly um, entrepreneurial and open-minded as a community. And yeah. I like that. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. So you found your tribe pretty quickly, is what I like to call it. Yeah. I have a tribe, too, of mm-hmm. girlfriends, and I'm like, these are my people. Totally. Forever. <laughs> I have a couple of tribes, and I've tried mixing them, and it, and it works, and, it, and that's what's even more bizarre. I'm like, how is that possible? It's, very, <laughs> it's a very Columbus thing to be able to, like, mix tribes yeah. and there not be, like, warring tribes. <laughs> <laughs> the like, longer oh. I'm here, the more I, like, run into circumstances like that. I was at a puzzle night on Friday at my <laughs> friend's house, and I'm sitting across the table from somebody, and we're having a grand time working on this cat puzzle. Yeah. And then this an hour goes by, and we're focused on the puzzle, but then all of a sudden we start talking about, so you know, what's going on in your world? What do you do? Wow. As it turns out, like this person, her mother is dear friends with the executive director of the organization that I work for now. No. Oh my god. So it was like, yeah, over a that's puzzle. why Columbus is wonderful. <laughs> over, only in Columbus could you make friends over a cat puzzle. Yeah. Out <laughs> in public. Was it like out in pub, like a public puzzle night? Someone's house. I want to have public puzzle nights, guys. I found my vision. I found my calling. Stop the podcast. <laughs> Everybody stop. All right. I'll you to the group. <laughs> that sounds like a great time. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? So you were doing all the things, mm-hmm. like narrowing down on what it is that you wanted. Yeah. How did, um, first, let's start calling the organization what it's called. What is the name of your the organization you work for? I work for the Batten Disease Support and Research Association. Um, but we go by BDSRA. Yeah. Because it's a mouthful. That Yeah. Yeah, it is. I was like, I'm not going to try it. Yeah, we're just it. BDSRA.org. Very simple. Cool. Perfect. <laughs> so did you go out and find them? Did they headhunt you? Was it I just did. a client that was find around? Them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what was that the internet. Like? <laughs> it Google. really, you know, pretty much how, um, you know, I think most people find things either by searching for them or by word of mouth or by a combination of both. Yeah. Um, and that's my situation. Yeah. So. Were you look, yeah, so what is what is the general thing they do? What's the mission or the purpose for BDSRA? So um, BDSRA is dedicated to supporting families um, that have children with a rare genetic disease. Okay. Um, we advocate for them. We provide educational resources to support their care, to educate school systems, clinicians. Um, we work with industry to you know, facilitate collaboration across the globe so that medical breakthroughs can happen, um, and so on. Bereavement support. So all the things that are necessary. Pretty much everything that touches the life cycle of this disease, we're there for. And it's specifically Batten disease. It is specifically Batten disease. We're the only one 
in North America. Um, there's one other organization in the UK that's wonderful. There's also a um, BDSRA in Australia. And oh. that's pretty much it. No. So Columbus <laughs> and yeah. Australia and the UK. <laughs> We've collaborated with 36 other countries in the past year. Wow. Holy smokes. Um, <laughs> and what is the disease? What happens to people? So um, it is an autosomal recessive disease, which basically means that a child will inherit, you know, one copy of the gene from each parent. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's genetic, so it might take some time to bear in their life, but they, they always have it. Mm-hmm. Um, it and so I'm kind of, I'm kind of dumb. Go ahead. <laughs> so you have one gene from both parents yes. and that's not how that usually works. Or is that how that usually works? That is always how that works. Okay, okay. Um, Ooh, but let's let's start there. In a <laughs> just like, um, you know, with eye color. Like, I have green eyes. Okay. My parents don't necessarily... My parents, neither of them have green eyes. Okay. But they carry the Because gene. their dominant gene was for brown eyes, mm-hmm. but they carry A recessive green. gene. Exactly. So that's Got how it. I'm able to have green eyes, even though my parents didn't have them. So... You know, you might not have symptoms for Batten disease. You probably don't even know you're a carrier. And if you happen to, you know, procreate with somebody that is a carrier and neither of you know, there's a one in four chance that your child would have the disease. Okay. So it's a total dice roll about it, about like, oh, now my child has Batten disease and I had no idea or... Without genetic testing and knowing, yeah. Okay. And then what does the disease Um, do to you then? And then, you know, symptoms will usually present, well, I should say there are 14 different forms of Batten disease. Um, And it is a lysosomal storage disorder, which essentially means it's one of 50 diseases that um, the cells um, don't have the ability to process waste. So what happens um, in Batten disease is that the cells are damaged um, because of the, you know, buildup of proteins and fats. Yeah. Um, And so it slowly leads to cell death, and that can cause seizures, um, blindness. Usually those are probably the first two things that present, you know, when the child's between, like, age three and five, Mm -hmm. um, depending on the form. Lots of different forms. I'm giving kind of a general... um, Generalization. Yeah. Yeah. But... um, you know, a child will have a seizure or will start to have some visual impairment and that will progress to more seizures, more severe seizures, complete blindness, um, dementia. It's actually the leading cause of childhood dementia. Wow. Um, they lose the ability to walk, talk, communicate in any way, um, feed themselves. And, you know, sometimes there will be personality or behavioral changes as mm-hmm. well because yeah I mean you don't have like the emotional wherewithal to handle like what's going on in your body yeah and that can definitely like I would imagine that that would affect like mm-hmm. the personality then and how it develops as imagine well. not being able to communicate what it is that you need or want but your mind has the ability to know what it is. You just can't get it out. So it's probably very, very frustrating. Yeah. So does the body just break down or what happens when you don't have waste? Because we have tons of different stuff that can happen. Is it just kind of a crapshoot on what will happen? Um, 
I'm not sure I understand the question. So almost all of those symptoms will be present. Oh, okay, they all that are. That okay. absolutely happens, and the natural course of the disease is is early death. Okay. You will end up in a hospital bed, you know, pretty much um, not able to care for yourself in, in any way, and it is one of the most devastating things that you could possibly imagine or yeah. see happen to your child who, like just last week, was riding a tricycle. Oh my gosh. And now they're losing their balance and can't ride that tricycle. Or you notice, um, you know, their legs are a little bit wobbly. Hmm. Um, so you start to notice little things, but eventually it all takes the same course. Okay. And so without treatment or any help, what is kind of the time frame kids are looking at after they're diagnosed? Um, it varies between the 14 forms, okay. but you know, between early childhood and, you know, early 20s. Okay. Um, yeah, anywhere in there. We go to a lot of funerals for 11, 12, 13, 14, 15-year-olds. Okay. Wow. Holy smokes. So that's, you know, the entirety of your lifespan is only the angsty stuff. That's a bummer. <laughs> you don't get to see. Man. <laughs> you know, it's Man. like... Whoa. We're hard to even get into punk rock music. They <laughs> yeah. don't even get to have their hair flip face. Homecoming, that was just last week. You yeah. Know? yeah. That's that's not a thing that okay. would probably get to happen. So now your organization, is it um, research development? No, you already talked about it. I'm an asshole. Um, totally fine. Ask away. Do we, you, we do all of the above. You do basically. do all of the above. You're such oh, okay. an asshole. Oh, I'm horrible. <laughs> Science stuff is hard for me. We basically, we are not the scientific researchers. Okay. Right. We are not in labs. There's four okay. of us. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, this is cool. I like this. Yeah. Right, cool. I, get it, I get it more now. Got what it. we are doing, though, is, you know, we're going out and educating for the need of research and facilitating international collaboration with, say, um, you know, somebody in Hamburg, Germany, somebody in Tasmania, somebody in wherever they are, connecting them to, you know, potential funding for the project that they want to work on. Okay. Cool. And is this um, your job or is this all volunteer? Oh, this is my, there are four staff positions. Okay. Yeah. And then you're, and you're one of them. And I'm one of them. Okay, cool. Right on. (laughs) Are there a bunch Mm -hmm. of volunteers as well in BDSRA or... Wait, did I say that wrong? No, you totally got yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was like, oh, did I do that? Did I have to say that again? Uh, our last episode, we were literally talking about costumes to people in the Dominican Republic. So it was a little easier for Kate and I to grasp. I think. <laughs> we were like, yeah, yeah, costumes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, this is like, you have no idea how appreciative I am of the uh, opportunity to even talk about it yeah. because it's, most people don't know somebody with a rare disease, mm-hmm. um, even though it's like, one in 10 Americans have a rare disease and there are 7,000 rare diseases. Um, it's just not something that we're, you know, aware right. of and talking, talking about. about. Yeah. So we're like, oh, it's so rare. This will never happen to me. How could I ever? But we all, it's a very different mindset from, I mean, I was just at a thing last night where someone was like, well, how many of you know someone or have been affected by cancer? And it was like, I didn't expect a hundred percent of hands that Everybody. that yeah. was like a huge, yeah, a huge shift in mentality in the room. But if you're like, who knows someone with Baden's disease? It's like, what's that? <laughs> what <laughs> yeah. does that mean? Exactly. We're a little bit um, 
you know, Columbus was actually the site for one of the clinical trials that led to the first FDA approval for a batten um, treatment. Wow, that's but, great. Wow. Um, so we have more people in Columbus that have probably heard of batten disease than a lot of other cities and states in the U.S. And wow. Do we have people that end up being diagnosed with Batten's disease that end up coming to Columbus because it's kind of the place to be to get treatment? Um, it really depends. Okay. Um, depends on what form. It depends on the type of specialized medical care that they need. There okay. is a network of um, you know, centers of excellence across the United States, cool. and there are certain places that you can go, um, but some families have chose to move and relocate. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Grandview City Schools has actually been fabulous of welcoming and embracing our families making them feel at home awesome um yeah they're great <laughs> that's incredible yeah, so great. where do you get the most value out of doing this what kind of draw drew you to this because you said you kind of found mm-hmm. it found you it was kind of like this thing that just happened where do you yeah. get your tears or your joy you're from well um things like my daughter was able to lift her sippy cup last week, and she can't now. Um, and that's how quickly the disease takes hold. And so she's, yeah. she's reading from a journal right now for people that are listening. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I did write down a few quotes because it's like yeah. conversations that we have these intimate conversations with people every day that, you know, just tear us up. So can you read us a couple? Um, and it yeah, it says... It means that she can no longer participate in the family independently anymore. Mm. Um, you know, there's another family that's shared. We were sharing stories for um, somebody recently ran the Columbus Marathon on Sunday mm-hmm. and did a mile dedication um, each mile for a different Batten family. Oh, wow. And in doing that, we collected, you know, 27 different stories. And we asked, you know, what are some of the day-to-day activities that you do that are so, that are completely different now, just to give people an idea of like what's different. Yeah. Um, And she's like, I don't even really know where to begin because it's like, imagine having a 19 year old infant. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And everything Mm -hmm. that, that she needs is something that we continue to provide. And sometimes you think of a 19 year old, a member of your family being able to contribute in the household, mm-hmm. babysit, help clean, do whatever it is, you know, and you also get to partake in like the joy of their life. And this is just so different from that. Um, so that's one. Um, I remember, let's see, we got a call from a grandmother who was sitting watching her granddaughter die alone in a hospital at night. Um, because her daughter is struggling with a drug addiction and the grandmother is the primary caretaker. And she shared, I just wanted to talk to somebody. I've never been a person with a lot of friends and I don't really know if I knew what it felt like to be loved before meeting other families in BDSRA. Um, Or a father living in Brazil who reaches out, you know, to get news for a potential treatment for his child who sends a reminder email that says, please don't forget I'm here. Wow. Um, so it inspires me to, at a really basic human level, like mm. we've all felt unimportant, we've all felt alone, and we're not. Um, and this is one of those situations that we have so many people who feel incredibly alone, um, and we all have the ability to 
you know, make it not so lonely. Yeah. That's amazing. That's basically to sum all that up. There's lots more (laughs) where those came from and happy to share kind of the, you know, the people who have given permission to kind of use their photo and, you know, see a little bit more into their life. Um, That's always a wonderful thing too. Yeah. Can you give us a couple more? Oh, um, we might sprinkle them in. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see. I was chatting with somebody the other day and, um, actually, you know what? There was a session. Um, so we host one of the things that we offer to support families is a conference that happens every summer. And it's different from the types of conferences where we're on airplanes a lot. We're going to, you know, um, a conference for epilepsy, a conference for child neurology, to places where we can help educate clinicians about this to support earlier diagnosis. What are, what are clinicians? Um, like, a, like a doctor, okay. for example, or okay. another type of medical caretaker. Okay. Um, so we're educating about the importance of early diagnosis because the disease takes hold so quickly. Two weeks, six months, a year, that can be the difference between, you know, the family having real support or, you know, floundering for years trying to find a diagnosis, and that's really frustrating. Yeah, that was one of the questions I had was, like, is it something that, like, it could, like, take hold and, like, take someone under in, like, a day, or is it... No, it's a progressive thing. Or could it be a thing where you're like, I just thought my kid was clumsy for a while, and it turns out that, like, they can't hold on to things, and that's Mm -hmm. actually the... And that's actually a symptom. Yeah, yeah, no, we'll hear stories of that. And we do, you know, a needs assessment where we kind of put, um, we have a caregiver Facebook page that's a closed group of about a thousand um, caregivers. And we will pose questions on there. Like, what are the diagnoses that you got before Batten disease? Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. How long did it take? So that we can kind mm-hmm. of use that information to advocate for faster diagnosis, um, to identify which areas... Um, are the people that need to be educated in the medical world. Um, But no, you will not, Mm -hmm. you know, succumb to this disease overnight. Right. Um, But there are things that, you know, that window of time is really important. Yeah. It could be like, like you said, a couple weeks or it could be like a long time of things progressively getting worse Mm -hmm. before you realize like there's actually something very wrong. It's not just like. Yeah. Oopsies all the time. Yeah, and I think parents will share that over and over again. It's like, I knew that something else yeah. was happening, and so I continued to pursue, you know, I did not accept this diagnosis. Yeah. We went on and on and on. Yeah. Um, and some of them will say, it was three years before we knew that an organization like BDSRA existed because we didn't have the Batten disease diagnosis. Mm. And what a world of difference that made, being able to connect to you know, 900 other families that can relate to what you're going through every day, that can be there on the other end of the phone when your child is having a meltdown and the normal things aren't working. Yeah. Um, so that network of support is something that we provide as well. Wow. Um, and how do you know if uh, it is bad disease? Is it like genetic testing or? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it's... that expensive? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, there is a cost associated and, you know, depending on your insurance, um, that can be covered or, um, it can be some out of pocket costs, but, 
you know, we're working to have um, programs in place. Like there's a new program called Behind the Seizure that um, will allow for um, genetic testing that has Batten disease on the panel um, at their first seizure. Okay, that's awesome. So that you have one seizure as a child and then we're automatically testing for Batten's disease so we know that that's one of the things. If the physician orders that test. Okay. (laughs) Ah. So it's also about changing behavior. Yeah. Um, Mm. Because that might not be a test that someone would necessarily order. And so that's why you go talk to clinicians. You got it. Hey, this is a big thing. (laughs) Hey, this can, you know, radically change someone's life. Yeah. Yeah. Just one extra test. Just this one thing. Crazy. Um, Yeah. One of the places that we do, that we do that and to kind of, get back to your question of sharing another, you know, family story is every July we put on a family conference and this family conference, we had about just over 450 attendees this summer. And that can be children that are impacted by the disease. It can be their siblings, their parents, their grandparents, friends. Um, That's often when you'll see like volunteers get involved Mm. to help with childcare Um, We have a whole sibling program where we support kids in their grieving and their experience. Um, Because as you can imagine, if you have a child that is, or brother or sister that is um, dependent on their parents completely, Mm -hmm. you may get overlooked or, um, you know, there can be some difficulties with that as a child. So we give them like connection as well. Cool. Um, But in one of those sessions, we... um, put on a workshop about storytelling. And one of the things I asked parents was, um, you know, can you share some experiences that have gone well for you? And can you share some experiences that haven't gone well? Yeah. And I think one of the most common things that we would hear people say is that anytime I take my son out, I have to explain myself. Mm. Um, and what BDSRA provides is a place that I don't have to explain myself. Like, my child can do X, Y, Z. This can all happen, and no one's staring at me. Yeah. No one's stopping to be like, what's wrong there? Yeah. Um, no one's afraid to walk up to my son and hug him and kiss him and talk to him. Um, wow. And just because you're not getting a response in return doesn't mean that that child, you know, doesn't know what's going on and doesn't, you know, want love and deserve love and attention and all of that. Um, so... We talk a lot about what those experiences are like to give parents tools for coping with that and how do you respond in that situation. And I think the parents are the best person to give that advice. So really we're just facilitating the ability for that to happen. So if a parent has a child that has um, Batten's disease and it is to the point where they maybe aren't as obvious about uh needing that care yeah. or being receptive to mm-hmm. it. Can they come back from that after treatment or is it to a point where we can stop it where it goes, but once it hits a point, we can't go back? So that is an incredibly important question. And <laughs> for 13 of the forms, there is no treatment whatsoever. Okay. Really? No. Um, 95% of rare diseases have no approved treatment. And I don't, you know, not a math major, so <laughs> 95% of 7,000 diseases, we are in a very rare percentage. We are in the 5% of rare diseases that have one approved treatment, um, which is for the CLN2 form of Batten disease. 
Um, so only one of the 16 forms. One of the 14 forms? 14 yeah. forms. I'm not good at math. <laughs> no, totally fine. Asshole. <laughs> 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 We've established that one. So there is one treatment for that form, and um, it's an enzyme replacement therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not a cure, it's a treatment. Okay. Um, so it will not necessarily, you know, the long-term progression of that since it was just approved April of this year. Oh, wow. What? Um, Can't answer that question. Yeah. Um, But we have seen, you know, people who are on this treatment, you know, being able to continue to go to school, being able to continue to interact with their peers, and that quality of life measure and just being able to continue communicating or interacting, being able to say no when you know, a month before weren't using their words at all, you know, running around with an iPad in their hand when weeks before, months before, were not able to to hold that up and walk at the same time. Wow, okay. Cool. Um so hopefully that kind of answers your question yeah. without me being <laughs> um scientifically qualified to say whether or not, you know, that's gonna Okay, so but people can come back from it on one of the fourteen strains, maybe potentially sometimes. It's, it's not okay. you know um, can at least get an increase in the value of life where they can go from not being able yes, to, an iPad to holding one again. Okay. It's not going to reverse It's anything. not a cure. Okay. Yeah. It will not prevent the disease from taking whatever course it might take. Okay. Yeah. Um, but things like that give us incredible hope that with more funding, with more awareness, with more research, that we would be able to find something um, that that would be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So we keep going. So what is the yeah. yeah? What has the progress been just as long as you've been with the uh, the organization? Um, where where were you and where are you now? Like what are kind of some successes yeah. you've had? Well, I think that um, we would definitely count you know the approval of Brenura, which is the name of the enzyme replacement therapy okay. that was developed by BioMarin. Um, that is by far, you know, one of our big successes. Yeah. Um, that's happened since I've joined the organization, but it was, of course, in motion for a very long time before that. Um, I mean, being in that 5% um, that has an approved treatment, it means that we're now on people's radar in a way that we weren't before. So we're really excited about that. We are super passionate about the future of research for our patients. Um, we also spend like, equal time in what's happening right now, um, like the here and now for people's everyday lives. And I think making sure that those services are able to continue, like that we're always gonna be on the other end of the phone when someone needs us, um, that's where we're at right now and that's where we want to continue to be so um, I think being able to help combat that loneliness in lots of different ways like continuing to monitor the Facebook group continuing to have the family conference um, building upon the awareness of family stories all of that cool yeah that's awesome personally one of the most impactful moments that I've had um, as a staff member at BDSRA was attending our first conference and just seeing, you know, the incredible 
amount of love that people just freely give to each other. Um, I think that's another thing that our community of Columbus, like we're really great at doing that. Um, we're a wonderful, you know, sort of center of the heart of Ohio that I hope keeps growing <laughs> out and out. Um, <laughs> but I met, um, I met a girl from, um, around San Francisco, California, who is 19 years old and, um, has Batten disease and was just one of those people that I met and was like instantly there was a, a connect, like a soul connection there. Um, wow. and I think the more people who get to experience, um, our kids, like the more opportunity people have to have an experience that reminds them, um, that there are things that are bigger, that are more important. Um, and just the amount of love that she gave me as a complete stranger just blew me away. Um, and I thought, okay, there's just so much we can learn. Um, you know, the excitement and joy that she would bring just walking into a room is incredible. Um, we forget about that stuff. We yeah. are mm. super busy. We forget to, we forget what an accomplishment it is that a flower grows out of the ground and smells fragrant. Yeah. We forget... <laughs> What an accomplishment it is to be able to wake up and walk to the bathroom and brush our teeth. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, I don't know, for me that's just been one of the things that um, is a gift that I won't really ever be able to communicate appropriately is, you know, that feeling um, of reminding me that it's really important to appreciate every single second that we have and to just like give love period yeah. as yeah. a way of being yeah absolutely. yeah that just like yeah living in gratitude continuously yes that's incredible mm -hmm. so what is i guess my big question then is what if for someone listening to this and is uh very clearly moved or you're heartless um, how could someone get involved like what yeah. opportunities are available if it fundraising or time and energy like what can someone do like what's an action step for someone to take well the most amazing thing is that every single thing we do is because of charitable contributions yeah um so i think you hit it right on like if if you're inspired by this going to bdsra on facebook and just following us mm -hmm. that's where you can see more stories that's where you can share experiences just because um, you can connect with us to if you've got a birthday and you really feel like maybe instead of presents this year, I want people to donate to BDSRA so we can sponsor a family to get to conference this year who wouldn't mm -hmm. otherwise be able to get there. Um, financial contributions for us is huge because we don't have the reach that yeah. you know, um, some of the larger organizations might. Um, and like really knowing it's like that same thing. Like, does your, does your one vote matter? <laughs> does your like $10 matter? Like, do you as an yeah. individual, can you make a ripple? Like absolutely a hundred percent. We survive off of that. Yeah. Um, it creates hope in families to know that there are people 
who aren't personally impacted by this, but have decided to, for whatever reason, you know, extend generosity just because. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing. How often yeah. do you guys have um, events that people could participate in or attend or get to, to be around and like really soak up the energy and see yeah. what's up? Um, in Columbus, yeah, twice a year, across the United States, all the time. Um, oh. So there are, you know, every family, wherever they're living, mm-hmm. a lot of times there is an incredible, you know, little support community around them. So there will be events that are happening across the country. Um, and here in Columbus, we do Battling Baton 5K in collaboration with a family. Um, with a local family. And that's the one that's coming up? And that's the one that's coming up, yeah. And what is the other one you do each year here in Columbus? Um, That one is the Baton Awareness Weekend, and that is the first weekend in June. Okay. And um, we actually do a virtual event. So we're doing something physically here in Columbus, but Mm -hmm. it's also a time where we're connecting with people from across the country and even across the globe who are doing the same thing at the same time in a different location. Cool. And we provide kind of a place for us to all share that experience. Right on. Yeah. Cool. So financial donations are like the big, like, pull or like the big oh, necessity that that's going to be like the thing that if anybody out there was like, I got to do something right now, they could go to bdsra.org. Did I say it right? You did. Oh my gosh, you're so good. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how am I doing this? Every time I'm like, I moved the R in the wrong spot. So they could go to bdsra.org, hop on, and start, like, making donations. Or is it set up that they could do, like, a continual donation that'll, like, renew itself or, like... If they yeah, to just like your in. NPR donation, you can yeah. do a recurring, yeah, you yeah. can do something recurring monthly. You throw them $10,000 one time, <laughs> like, why, why, why not $10 million? Why not a trip? <laughs> hey, all you listeners out yeah, there. Yeah, I was going to say double that, and you can probably fund a researcher in a lab. Like, whoa. Yeah. Oh, So actually, shoot. how doable is that? Like, yeah. How, yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That you could actually, like fund the actual person who is doing the research who's like on the ground like in it if you're the kind of person who wants to actually be able to you know see a direct impact of what you're doing yeah yeah this is a place for you awesome for people that don't necessarily have like money that they can they can give up at the moment is there some way that they can get involved and just use their time and energy and use some muscle grease? Of course, yeah. I mean, we have um, volunteer positions that are always available, um, and we always need different types of support. Okay, what kind of so, stuff do you need? Um, advocacy is huge, Okay. Um, and being willing to you know, donate an afternoon of your time to say, be a mile marker or a guide um, yeah. on that 5K run. Cool. Yeah. I think just, you know, info at bdsra.org is an email address that if you say, hey, I'm interested in supporting in this way, we can figure out where your interest is and then line you up with something. Um, so, like, people who have background checks, for example, could help support childcare at a conference. Cool. And actually awesome. oh, yeah. be there and... Actually see the kids yeah, and, and help exactly. them directly. Yeah, so I think it depends on the individual and what their skill set and level of interest is. Okay. Um, and we're always excited to talk to people, period. Cool. Mm-hmm. 
So what is uh, what are your kind of hopes and dreams for five years, ten years out? Um, are there certain metrics we know we're aiming for, or what else are you thinking? Well, we've got some pretty clear goals. Um, of course, we want more approved treatment options for the yeah. other forms. I mean, that can't happen fast enough. Yep. Um, we also want you know earlier diagnosis. We want newborn screening. We want to be able to continue to support the increasing volume of families that are reaching out to us. Um, with the improvement of diagnostic tools, that becomes, um, you know, we get more families that way. Um, so always being able to provide those services too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you so much for coming in. <laughs> of course. Thank you. It was a sheer joy to be able to share this. And yeah, I will say that, <laughs> you know, with such a devastating and kind of heavy mm-hmm. topic, it is important to share that the joy and excitement that this community has is by far like the most impactful thing that I've taken away from it. And I think I shared wow. that a little bit before, just like the love and the joy for life. Um, so don't be shy. Um, and if you see somebody in the grocery store, like don't be shy to walk up and engage because, um, people are waiting, waiting for it. Yeah. Could we get a little, maybe more information about like, what would that look like to engage and what's like, of course, what's a big, like, no, don't ever say that. (laughs) Or like, what's, what's going to be the most supportive for someone if you, you know, I, you know, a see something, say something deal, but like, what, what do you say? I, I, mean, think I think that's the most paralyzing thing for most people is they want to, but mm-hmm. what? Like, well, how do you do it? How does that work? What does that look like? I think it's being as normal as possible. Yeah. You know, like, how would you engage with, you know, a five-year-old normally? Yeah. Do the same thing. Okay. Yeah. You know, cool. how would you engage with an 11-year-old normally? Same thing. Um, you know, just engaging in conversation, period. Um, showing love, period. Nothing out of the ordinary. So I think yeah. just removing that mental barrier of like, oh, I'm going to do something wrong. I'm going to say <laughs> something that's going to make it worse. No, you're not. <laughs> you're really, truly not because by showing, um, showing up and showing effort, you're already not doing anything wrong. You're already showing love and like, that's it. Oh, cool. Super simple. So, the e- okay, great. So it's actually the easiest thing. You know, this is of. like how normal human beings are. We make things more complicated than they actually are, and we just, like, interact <laughs> yeah, with each other. <laughs> it's, like, perfectly fine. So similar to the way that, like, I meet a four-year-old and I talk to them like they're 14, because I'm like, you're a human, so I'm going to just talk to you like you're another human. Yes. Same I same exact concept. Like, don't, exactly. like, try to dumb anything down for anybody. Like... Exactly. That could make it worse. <laughs> so that's one way that like is like maybe don't. <laughs> totally, you're yeah. right on. Cool. So uh, for all listeners out there, if you want to get involved um, financially, go straight to b uh, b d s r a dot org. You did it. And <laughs> as well, if you'd like to volunteer, same website, right? You got it. Is there an email for you if they want to reach out straight to you that you'd like to give for the organization? Sure, that's c clark at b d s r a dot org. Okay, C C S L A R K. Um, C C L A R K at B D S R A dot org. We're good. we're good spellers. That's why <laughs> numbers, letters. What's what's that? Yes. 
See, if I can't do it, I know most of them probably can. <laughs> That's our benchmark. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here. This has, like, of been incredible. Course. And thank you for reaching out. Everyone should know that Christina has been the most persistent person. Yeah. And every text you sent, you're like, do you have info? What about this? What about this? I was like, I love you so much because it just showed, like, it's a testament that you are passionate and you are on fire for what you're doing. And, like, it really, like, showed up that way. As, like, Aww, this girl <laughs> is all about, you're like, I have a message and I gotta get it out. And it's, like, the the urgency around it was, like, inspiring and motivating yeah. to be like, yep, you're on the podcast. <laughs> like, yes, please. Thank you for not interpreting that as um, <laughs> no. annoying. And no. that, that is a characteristic that is pretty much essential to the work we're doing. So. It's persistence. <laughs> it's persistence. Like, there's something yeah. that's big that's happening, and you're on fire about it. And so, like, yeah. you're spreading the fire. And, like, thank you for reaching out. Otherwise, I would have never known, and God knows how... Much like a reflection of the disease, like God knows how long it would have taken for us to stumble upon this organization, to like stumble on that this Yeah, hi, exists. in our backyard. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. right here. It's right here. Like, it's happening here now. <laughs> so, well, thank awesome. you for um, having me here. It was wonderful. Thank yeah. you. Bands disease, uh, there's only four people in the whole city that are doing it, the whole country that are uh, running the actual organization. Research going all over. Yeah. Um, but all the United States, Columbus, Ohio, right here, right side, help them out. If you run a nonprofit in Columbus and are interested in being on the podcast, have any feedback, or just want to connect with Katie and I, you can find us on Facebook at Columbus Cares or shoot us an email at Columbus Cares Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for caring.